Welcome to The Successful Strategist, a podcast on strategy, management, and governance dedicated to helping you answer the most important questions any organization can ask. I'm Mitchell Muncie, a consultant who has co-founded or led five startups, for-profit and non-profit, spanning the media, public policy, and higher education. And I've served on fiduciary boards for industry, academic, and youth-serving organizations. In these practical five-minute episodes, I cut through jargon and myth to offer you the same advice I give my clients. Good morning. This is the fourth in a series of episodes in which we're developing a practical answer to the question, what is strategy? Last time, we discussed the third of five essential elements of strategy that it requires exclusion, making clear choices about what not to do, and deliberately passing up opportunities we might otherwise like to pursue. Today, we'll discuss the fourth element of strategy, that it requires a mutually reinforcing fit between our activities. We can think about an example in nature. Carbon exists in many forms, two of which are graphite and diamonds. These are quite different, of course. Graphite is soft and dark, and diamonds are hard and clear. What makes the difference is how the individual carbon atoms fit together, and their fit is what makes them useful for quite different tasks. We can't write with a diamond, and it's likely that very few people propose marriage with a piece of graphite. One of the common misunderstandings of strategy is that its focus is on excellence in individual activities. But as we can see from this example, the integrity of the individual carbon atoms is important, but what is decisive is how they are arranged. Many approaches to management focus primarily on an organization's individual strengths or functions. But to produce success for the organization, our strengths must be embedded in a system of activities that we have fitted together to amplify those strengths specifically. Our management systems should be distinctive compared to those of similar organizations. If we're measuring and managing performance in the same way as others, that's usually a sign that we haven't fully thought our strategy through. Because it deals with the fit between activities, strategy requires us to see the organization as a whole. We know we have a real strategy when each of our activities is more successful precisely because of the way we perform all our other activities, and the value of any one activity can't be separated from our whole system. If choosing what not to do makes our activities consistent, Fit makes them unique. In Michael Porter's words, fit creates a chain that is as strong as its strongest link. When we achieve this kind of fit, it becomes very difficult for other organizations to copy what we're doing, because to reap the benefits from any of our activities, they must copy our whole system. Imagine that there is a 90% chance that another organization can do any individual activity of ours as well as we can. If our activities are tightly coordinated, the chance another organization can copy our whole system decreases with each activity they try to copy. 
If we have a system of, say, six activities or functions, which would be modest, the chance of our being copied is barely 50%. Even nonprofits should be concerned about fit, perhaps not so much because they're afraid of competition, though in some cases they should be, but because they're using other people's money to serve the common good, and they have an obligation to do so as effectively as possible. The challenge for any organization is that fit isn't something that can be set up once and then left to itself. Fit is always at risk of eroding from internal neglect or being rendered obsolete by external events. Leaders must constantly strive to strengthen fit, or it will inevitably grow weaker, and we mustn't minimize the difficulty that most leaders face in keeping up this constant effort. My suggestion for today is, think about your organization's two or three major activities, and try listing the ways in which success in one reinforces success in the others. Could they reinforce each other better? We can have a well-fitted system of activities, but still waste it on a goal so difficult that it blunts or undoes our efforts. Next time, we'll discuss the fifth element of strategy, that it should be indirect. Most people learn about podcasts from friends and colleagues. If this episode was helpful, please take 30 seconds right now to recommend The Successful Strategist to one other person and share it on social media. And don't forget to subscribe yourself if you haven't already. If you'd like to receive my free twice-monthly email, which includes show notes and a summary of an important article on strategy, management, or governance, sign up at thesuccessfulstrategist.com. I'm glad we could invest this time together. Remember that being a successful strategist doesn't require specialized training or unique insight, just a commitment to asking the right questions. The Successful Strategist is a production of Prospera LLC, a consulting firm providing strategy development, nonprofit due diligence, crisis management, and interim executive management to mission driven organizations and philanthropists. Learn more at prosperallc.com. This is Mitchell Muncie. Talk to you next time.